Good morning, everyone. Friends, uh, friends, um, the readings for today, all three of them, uh, can be very difficult uh, for Christians. Um, we hear the story of Jeremiah, of course, and uh, um, he gets thrown into the sewer. And for me, I'm like, and God let him get thrown into the sewer. <laughs> uh, he did send people to come get him out eventually. Uh, no, God didn't throw him in there. The people did. But uh, he spoke uh, the word of God, a truth, and uh, his community didn't like it. Our second reading tells us that none of us have come against sin so much that we have shed blood. That's a reference to Christ who was in the garden and had such anxiety about everything that he shed blood. And my friends, the first reading of the gospel can be uh, unsettling for many Christians, particularly our gospel, because it depicts the Lord as bringing uh, division, is what he said, and uh, discord, uh, something that uh, we also know is titled to be Prince of Peace. So we just need to look at this and see. Uh, it is shocking to many that faith in Christ uh, should or would cause divisions within families, friends, in business, and in uh, communities, and in this case, for a nation, uh, the nation of Israel that Jesus was part of. These words of Christ uh, described, uh, it was prophetic. It certainly was happening while Jesus walked on the earth, but it was certainly true of the beginning of the church, the first Christians, where conversions to Christianity, conversions to Christ, did in fact tear families apart and friends and communities and businesses my friends, uh, to become Christian in that time when the, uh, the established religion was Judaism for them, and then, of course, the Roman Empire had all kinds of gods, but um, to become Christian meant living in a way uh, that separated you from the others and from, thus, your family, and you would have to give up many things. Uh, in their time, they would have given up their inheritance, they would have given up any social standing. They would have given up their jobs, their work. Um, it broke up families. Um, and this experience is not so long ago and far away. It is experienced still in degrees by people uh, from other Christian denominations, from the Jewish people, Mormons, Muslim families, when they choose to become a Christian, and in particular when they choose to become a Catholic Christian. There is to this day when someone comes and says, I wish to be, uh, follow the Catholic tradition, they leave the Protestant and some of their family members will not speak to them any longer. And so my friends, when I say this, it was not only in the beginning, but it is still around. And my friends, uh, today when many people tend to take their faith in religion so lightly, serious loyalty to Christ, uh, makes many people uneasy, and for others, they make themselves this hostile towards us. This gospel shows us another side of Jesus of Nazareth, not the peaceful shepherd, but the Christ of, of a holy fire. When Jesus says that he came to light a fire on the earth, I jokingly say he did not mean a campfire where you will be singing Kumbaya. This fire is that of conviction, of commitment, of faithfulness, of fidelity, of loyalty, and to God. He is going to ask that you make a decision. 
who are you going to be loyal to? And for Jesus, there was only God. He's the only one above anything else and anyone else. So my friends, for you to reflect on today, where are you on this? Where are you on the conviction about Jesus Christ and his teachings? Are you like Jeremiah, that no matter what came against him, he would not forsake the Lord God? He spoke against the injustices of his time and his nation, against sins, and he suffered great persecution because of it. And many, most of Christendom looks to Jeremiah and say this was a foreshadowing of what would happen to the very Son of God, the Messiah, and uh, also then to any of his followers. And Marins, uh, our second reading, while it speaks about a great cloud of witness and classically understanding, it is a reference to the saints who have gone before us, all of them. But I tell you today, in our time, you are to be that cloud of witness. You. The saints have done it, and they still continue. But you are. You are to be a cloud of witness to this nation and to this world. That is a choice you must make every single day. Father has to get up and make that choice too. Oh, no, no, you're a priest. No, I get to choose whether I will be loyal or not. I know better, especially being a priest, not to, do, not to choose the other way because it will not go well for me. <laughs> the fire that Jesus wants is a fire of loyalty, of holiness, of commitment, of fidelity across the board. Husbands and wives, you must be faithful to each other. Baptized Christians, you must be faithful to Christ. You must. Jesus did not come to bring an easy peace by ignoring many, many things or having us look the other way or just to become apathetic and indifferent. He came to bring a holiness and a spiritual fire upon us to undo the power of evil in a world. And by that, he means on our hearts also. He wanted to remake the face of the earth for his generation and every generation that would follow. As baptized Christians, we are called not to sit apathetically looking, but to join in in his mission, his campaign, if you will. And you do this by educating your children in the ways of Jesus Christ. When you baptize your children, the priest or the bishop or the deacon, he asks you several questions. One of them is, do you understand what you're doing? That's why we have baptism prep, so that when you ask, you can say yes, not I'm not sure. You're not sure? Well, let's postpone the baptism and bring it back next week when maybe you're better at this. And then you're also said, do you understand that you are the first teacher of the faith? Not Father Mark, but you. So you enter into his mission and his campaign, my friends. And uh, you must be able to practice, you must be practicing your own faith in order to instruct your children. And as St. Francis of Assisi would say, when necessary, use words. <laughs> I mean, let your life show, let your examples, everything you do speak for you. And my friends, uh, do not think that you can just escape all of this. You cannot, because 
You join in when you insist on people being honest and when you insist on people treating each other with fairness in business, in the social life, and in politics. You join in his mission and campaign by struggling to restore a moral conscience to societies that are often devoid of it or lacking. This public side of the mission is necessary, the spiritual firestorm, a moral truth that Jesus came to let loose onto the world so that it would undo the effects of evilness and to renew the face of the earth. This is your task also. It is a mission that every generation of Christians must be involved in. Otherwise, you're not really a disciple. It is a struggle for the future in the heart of societies, or as late, for the soul of this nation. <laughs> There's also the personal side to all of this. The fire of faith and conviction gives our life direction and meaning and definition and purpose. And my friends, I said at the last Mass, just because a society values something different doesn't mean you need to be confused about it. And just because a society uh, says no, no to this doesn't mean you should be following it. And just because a nation's culture is morally adrift does not mean that you need to be morally adrift. Just because some people are unsure about what is right and wrong nowadays doesn't mean you should be confused about what is right and what is wrong. We have Jesus Christ. We have the church. We have the teachings. In fact, the scriptures will tell you the very thumbprint of the Father is on your heart, speaking about your moral conscience. And when that is formed properly, you will not make an error here. As a matter of fact, the catechism will tell you Nobody, not even Mother Church, is to try to dissuade you on this. But it's when you're more, where your moral compass and your conscience has been formed properly. We're going to read what, what the Catechism tells us. My friends, just because people are indifferent to the dignity of human life and to the sanctity of marriage does not mean that you should be confused about these things. And just because people are casual about their fidelity and their loyalties and their commitments doesn't mean you can be that way. The fire of our Christian faith gives us direction and purpose and it must be fueled by you flexing your faith muscle all the time. We do this by being in communion with our Lord through prayer, through his church, through communities of Christians, for us Catholic Christians and the Orthodox through living a sacramental life. It is also important to express your faith through service and ministry and missions of other kinds, helping out the poor. It might be through uh, different opportunities you can do this. Look for the good and do it. My friends, uh, one of the points of our readings today is that uh, we should not let our faith remain only on a shelf or we bring it out only on Sunday. Gospel living is not always easy, but we have grace. 
the very way you live your life, day in and day out, is to be by faith. This is the gospel fire. This is the fire that Jesus speaks of. It is, in a way, a choice you must make and a choice that must be made daily. My friends, when Jesus had those prophetic words about division, and it came, families turned on each other, they murdered each other. Jesus didn't desire division, but he knew it was coming. He knew the ways of humanity. He knew the ways of the human heart. It was because of hardness of heart and the rejection of his father in him that these divisions would come and that there wouldn't be that type of peace. But he desires peace. So we work towards that. My friends, uh, um, people continually get confused. I don't know what to do, Father. I don't know what to do. Start by picking this up. <laughs> it's called a Bible. <laughs> Other Christians say, you know, the Catholics don't read the Bible. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do it at every Mass, but Father does it all the time. And I'm assuming that you, the disciples of Jesus Christ, are doing the same thing. Right? So when you get confused about everything and our culture likes to confuse you and our youth when you're not sure what you're supposed to do, look to Christ himself. I go to the scriptures. I would say, read all of, all of Deuteronomy. Read Leviticus 17. Read Matthew. Read Mark. And I'm looking at Old Testament. I'm like Micah. And Micah's here. Uh, you have been told what is good. <laughs> Only to do justice. Do you know what that means? Does that mean to... Going, no, you, only to do justice means in your relationship with each other. This is why you need to study, so that you understand the phrases and everything being used in the scriptures. Only to do justice, that is reference to your relationship with others. To love goodness, that is a reference to the word I taught you, said, covenantal love and goodness for everybody. And to walk humbly with your God. You know what that means? To listen to him and to let his words fall on your heart. There's at least 20 more, but I don't want to. You guys are like, okay, Father, that's enough. We got it. <laughs> you are the cloud of witness today. Do not attempt to escape this. But instead, pray for grace to live it often, every day. Then will your Father in heaven be glorified. Jesus said this. Do this. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Is it absolutely essential and necessary? Yes. And friends, I need you to pray for vocations to the priesthood and the religious life. Choose holiness. Walk in holiness. Testify to Christ with joyful hearts to everyone that you encounter.